Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Conversation with the Cancer. I am your cancer, and today I have a really another great guest, a really good friend of mine, someone who I adore and who deals with me and also knows me very well and doesn't bite her tongue. I want to introduce everybody to Nicole. Nicole, say hello. Hi. <laughs> so today, like the first episode, we're just going to uh, get into conversations that we have with each other and just talk about things going on and just how we feel and you know, I'm going to ask her some tough questions, but I'm pretty sure she can answer them without any any issue. So first and foremost, how are you doing today, Nicole? I'm good. I just got through the holidays, um, participated in actually cooking instead of just baking, which is what I normally do. But mm-hmm. I got through unscathed and I got rave reviews for the mac and cheese. So I'm good. <laughs> what? What? What, what? You wait, 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 wait. Did nobody tell me about no mac and cheese? Where did that come from? Um, I have a mac and cheese recipe and I ha- I make I make it sometimes, but this year I was invited to Thanksgiving. So they asked me what I could contribute. Of course, I, I made the sweet potato pie, but um my boyfriend's grandmother, David's grandmother, was cooking and you know, she's she's a little older and I didn't want her to spend all the time in the kitchen. So I told her I'd make the mac and cheese. I was a little nervous, um, but it turned out well. She said it was top five best she ever had. So I'm not going to complain. Top five, you know, top five. Top. Listen, I'm <laughs> I'm already sidetracked and jealous because I know you since Tupac died and I ain't never got no macaroni and cheese. Here we go. <laughs> There's still some. Would you like some? There's probably about a quarter of a pan left. I don't know two-day-old macaroni cheese. I'm I bet if hate. I said I had two or three-day-old uh, cake with cream cheese frosting on it, you'd be over here. Facts. Those are facts. I would definitely be over there. <laughs> right. Okay, so, yeah, we just had Turkey Day. I don't use the word Thanksgiving, you know. It comes with a lot of meanings and connotations I don't like. But, anyway, I'm glad you had a good one. Um, did you see your your mom and your sister and your nephew and niece? I did. Um I stopped by my sister's for like 3.5 seconds <laughs> to drop off my uh, my niece's birthday was Monday, the 23rd, and we had ordered her some shoes. They didn't come in. So we took them to her to drop them off. She didn't know they were coming in. It's it's always a joy. My family is uh, they never fail in in keeping my holidays interesting. Nice, nice, nice. Did you did your best friend send you a picture of her pound cake? She did. So she, she texted me the night before and asked me if I knew a good pound cake recipe. And I sent it to her and she's, you know, reading through and she jumped straight to the recipe. Cause you know, I don't know if you're aware of bloggers who do cooking and baking. They like to talk about, well, it's fall and the leaves are falling and they give you all this backstory. You really don't care nothing about. And then you just want, you're like, okay, I don't care nothing about this. Let's get to the recipe. So she jumped to the recipe, but the, the, the recipe I sent her, had a lot of information as to why she chose the ingredients that she did. Like she's not just talking about random stuff. It's very specific to the recipe. So Mm -hmm. of course she was like, well, what, what is this? And why do I need this? And I'm like, well, go ahead, go back and read. She's like, well, I don't have these ingredients. Well, it's the night before Thanksgiving. So I (laughs) don't know what to tell you. You're trying to pull stuff out of thin air, you know, basically going with whatever you have in the house. I don't know what you have in the house. So scroll through her, her recipe, see what you can pull together. 
she found another recipe that worked for her. It looked, it came out really nice. She did. I found it that morning. I seen it that morning rather. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm proud of her. I always disliked that because that's where I found my cheesecake recipe from was just searching online. And I'm reading and she's talking about how it makes her family feel and the joy it brings. And I'm just thinking like, oh, bitch, come on, can I just get to the cheesecake? Like, let me just get to the eggs and the, and the crust. And But I understand some people want to share their story with you. So I have no problem with that. But you just got to scroll through to where it says cook time, prep time. And how you cook and how you cook it. So I understand that. I understand. That. You know, if if the blogger is conscious and and she's and they're good at what they do, they'll have a jump to recipe button. Also, I have learned to print the recipes I like the most because I can, I'm not going to rely on people to keep the recipes up forever. Mm. I followed this one baker and she um she had her recipes up for years and then she became vegan and took them all down. Oh. And that's where that cream cheese recipe comes from. The icing you like. Oh. She took them all down and luckily I had printed them and put them in a binder. And I remember a friend telling me at the time, that's really weird. Everything's electronic now. I'm like, yeah, but people got to pay to keep those up. If they don't want to pay or if they change lifestyles or they just, you know, a, the wind catches them the right the way they're going to take them down. So I'm glad that I did. I, um, I'm going to start doing that because I usually just bookmark them. And so when I want to find them there, my bookmarks on my, because you know, it saves to you, whatever Google has. Mm -hmm. But I never thought to print them out and put it in a binder. See, that's how I know you are 10 times a way better baker than me. You know, I don't even know how to bake three things. Cheesecake, brownies, cookies. That's it. Listen, them cookies, <laughs> I don't know, because we had a real issue with baking soda versus baking powder. That was my sister's fault. That wasn't my fault. That was the first time Please I ever made. Like your sister? Yes. Who doesn't? You know what? Man. You know what? We're not even gonna get into that. We're gonna have to have a whole different episode for bacon only. I'm gonna have to get you on here with another baker. I know we're gonna have a bake off, virtual bake off. But anyway, how do you have a, how do you have a virtual bake off when you can't taste the product? It's more about presentation and going over steps and what you use and. Things like that, not so much of a taste, but just more of a presentation. But I mean, if you're scared of the battle, you can imagine. I'm never scared of the battle. <laughs> but have you ever had a cake that looked really good and you taste it and it's like cardboard? I've had Trash. a I had a dry cake and I couldn't understand why it was so dry and the and the, and the uh, icing was so creamy and fluffy. I'm like, how did you make one good and mess up the other? Like, because baking is a is is an exact science and. If you mess up any one thing, it'll throw everything off. And I've done it. I've done it and felt really bad about it because mm -hmm. I, it was a cake that I made for somebody they bought from me. And I tried to refund them all of their money. And she was like, well, luckily I had baked for her before. And she was like, well, no, you know, um, go ahead and keep at least half of it because, you know, you took the time and you put the ingredients in. But I felt terrible because it just did not turn out well. And I, I don't know what I did wrong. I don't, you know, it's just one of those one-offs, I guess. I understand. I understand. So, so for the people who don't know us, how do how do do you remember how we met? I remember how we met, but I want to see how you explain it. Do you remember how we met? <laughs> so we met in um in a wedding, more specifically your cousin and my best friend's wedding. And Correct. wow, that was ten years ago. No, was that two thousand ten? Two thousand ten. I had just gotten back from Florida. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I had just came up from Springfield, so you might be right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I thought it was like 2012. Look at my memory. Mm. So it's funny because, you know, Marja, she talks about everybody and everything. 
Mm-hmm. And she gives a lot of backstory, a lot of detail. And I remember her talking about John's family and his cousin Bob, his cousin Bobby, so funny, Bob, 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 Bob. <laughs> and then <laughs> the um, the day of the rehearsal dinner, I it was such like a whirlwind that day. And I remember seeing somebody with their hood up the whole time. I'm like, does this fool not know it is a rehearsal dinner? What is he doing? And it was you. <laughs> So we really didn't even get to talk until the day of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you were acting a fool and just being silly and making me laugh, which helped because I was extremely sick. I felt terrible. I was running a fever. I had laryngitis. I gave that wedding speech and I'm like, please, God, just let me sound like a woman when I talk because it was so bad. I, I literally was off of work for like a week after that because I couldn't talk and I was working in customer service. So I couldn't even be on the phone to do my job. I had no voice whatsoever. And then you dragged me to a bowling alley in this big green bridesmaids mm-hmm. dress. I think mm-hmm. like three or four of us went. It was a bunch of us. It was a bunch of us. Yeah. Uh, I do remember. I don't remember wearing the hood, but that sounded like something I definitely did. I, I'm proud of that. I like that. Um, I do remember the rehearsal because everybody was moving around and I felt like we really wasn't rehearsing because everybody was moving around. But I remember your speech in particular because you said something I've never forgot. You said, let this be the day that you two least love each other. I had never heard nobody say that and I've never forgot that. And I still tell people that to this day, like if it's some type of situation similar to like a marriage, I always say that. So that's one thing that stuck out for me that you said something like that. Cause that was the most meaningful thing I heard at the wedding besides I do. So <laughs> ridiculous. It's, but, here's, here's what I've learned though about weddings and about marriage. Cause yeah, you have the wedding and then there's the marriage, which are two different things. Mm-hmm. Marriage is not easy. Marriage takes work. It takes time. And you have to love somebody a lot. Like it has to be a growing love for you to keep going through these things because people change and they're different you know, personalities and y'all have to live with each other every day, day in, day out, good or bad. And you stay with each other because you love each other, generally speaking, majority of the time, let's just go that route. So supposedly, supposedly. So they say, I, I've never been married. I've been engaged a couple of times, never been married. So mm-hmm. this is just from outside looking in. Right, right. I mean, I tell this to people all the time in my family, there's just not a lot of marriage. Uh, my uncle Greg is married. My grandparents were married, but they lived in different states. And now John and Marge are married. And I think my uncle Billy was married once upon a time, but he's not married anymore. So like, there's not a lot of marriage in my family. So when we can get a marriage in my family, we show up and we show out and we enjoy it because there's not a lot of marriage in our family. So I remember that. But I've been to a lot of weddings since then. I know you've been to a number of weddings since then. But mm-hmm. that that bowling alley thing was all my idea like that was all my spontaneous ideas like let's just go do something because no one was ready to end the night and I couldn't I just thought about something on the fly but I remember how you and someone else was complaining like I just got my dress on I just kept thinking like why did y'all bring a change of clothes like you don't want because we were expecting to go home after the wedding (laughs) see this is this is the difference all men have to do really is get like a haircut get a lineup put a tux on and don't even have to buy the tux. You run it and turn that back in. Mm-hmm. A woman is a whole different story. And Marja has spent the, the night with me and we got up early that morning. So I was up super early, took her to get her hair done, her nails done. We came running to the, um, to the 
the church. I had faith with me. I had a bunch of people with me. I had been up early all day. Then I had to get my hair done. So yeah, while y'all just getting up an hour, hour and a half before a ceremony, <laughs> women are taking time to get ready. I was tired. And on top of that, like I said, I was sick. Mm. But, you know, the I think it ended at like 10 or something. And everybody, you know, the older folks went home and everybody was winding down. But there was still a momentum going in. Your family is always fun. I've never not felt welcome or had a good time with your family ever. That's what we are. That's the definition of us. A fun family, an inviting family. Uh, out, we just we just believe in smiling, have a good time, and enjoying each other's company because we do understand that it cannot be here tomorrow. So we do treasure the time we had together. We just had a, a Zoom thing on Turkey Day because I decided and my aunt decided that there was no point of us all gathering together because we haven't seen each other primi primarily during the pandemic. So that was real good. I got to see people I haven't seen in a long time. So I was happy with that. So carry on to how we how we met and our friendship grown. You know, we've seen each other kind of low and up throughout our friendship. Oh, yeah. But but I've, I've always remember a couple of distinctive things about you. Your love for dogs, your love, uh -huh. for, your love for bacon, <laughs> and your relationship with your, with your family. Like, I always thought, like, that was something <laughs> we can always be common with because I love dogs. Who, who eats more bake, baked goods than me besides someone who bakes it for a living? And uh, you are very close to your family, so I've never hung around you and your family. I just know your family. So do you, do you, if and when you get married, do you want a big family? Do you think that's something you desire? Um, yeah. And so bigger picture, my dad comes from like his side of the family had five kids. My mother is the youngest of 14. So oh. there's a lot of us. And my dad's side of the family primarily stayed in Puerto Rico, but my mother's side, my grandfather came to work at Ford and most of the kids were already born and some were already married and had kids. Like my mom's the baby. So she has nieces and nephews older than her, nieces and nephews older than her rather. And um, the last three, the youngest three, including my mother were born here. There's a lot of cousins. And when I was younger, especially, um, they used to get as much of us because we all grew up in kind of like different age groups. You know, because that you know, different generations. My age group, I think the oldest, uh, the oldest of us is forty-five, and I think the youngest is in their late twenties. But we all grew up really close. And holidays for us, we would get together at my grandmother's house when she was still alive, and we just had the best time. Those are some of my best memories. I do want a large family. Um, when my parents had kids, it's just me and my sister, and my sister has two, and I had Robert. He's not here. And do I want more kids? Yes. Do I think that I'm up against some challenges because of my age and health issues? Absolutely. And that scares me because um, of my really difficult pregnancy before and because I lost my son. It's, it's scary to have to think that I would have to go through that again or even remotely that that would be a, a possibility. But I do want to try again. Um, I don't want to be to the point where I can't have kids anymore and I didn't try and then I regret it. Mm -hmm. Okay, see, I know we've talked about this plenty of times about the loss of your son and you wanted more kids, but so you're saying going forward, if you do get married, that's a conversation that you'll have before you get married? Or is that something you discuss 
if you marry someone who wants to have kids because you know people change their minds about wanting and not wanting i've changed my mind about wanting and not wanting more myself you go back and forth all the time. So here's what I'm going to say. When I was younger, idealistically, I wanted to be married first. And I've been engaged a few times. Um, it's not worked out mm-hmm. for various reasons. I think now I'm a little more realistic with things in the fact that I don't necessarily require marriage to have a kid. And I know that that goes against everything that I have been taught or brought up in. But I also see people getting married for the wrong reasons and a lot of divorce going on. Um would I like to be married? Idealistically, yes. Is that a requirement for me to have another baby? No. Okay. Okay. And that is something that I am very upfront with. When David and I started dating, that was something I was upfront with. Like, if this is not something you want, I don't know if this is going to work. So that is something he wants in the future is kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I think that that's something that's really important. People if you don't know that your significant other wants children and you're not on the same page, you don't know each other enough to get married to begin with or to be in something serious. Those are conversations you have to have. Facts. I agree hundred percent about uh, knowing what your partner wants or what's important to have longevity in your relationship, what your, what your goals are. So I agree with that. So knowing that you want kids and knowing that you can or can make, you will or will not be married as a woman, do you know how to get to that? Do you know the roles and the steps to get to that? Or is that just something that just happens along the way? Um, in terms of, what do you mean, like the roles? So so when you get in a relationship, there's really no blueprint of how to get to those next steps. So what I'm saying is, like, do you all have, like, a timeline of what things will happen? Do you Did you plan out how long before you make a decision to do some of these things? I mean, that was something we discussed. I don't. So the way that it was explained to me, especially after I had my son and as I progressed into my thirties, the longer I wait, the more high risk I could potentially be. And that's just biologically speaking. Mm -hmm. Do I have a timeline as to when I want Mm -hmm. things to happen? Absolutely. But I also feel that things have to manifest organically. Like, it's not like, oh, I only got, you know, 10, 11 months before I turn 40. I don't want to be a mom at 40, a new mom at 40. We got to get going. Like that kind of stress in a relationship can make things go left really quickly. So, I mean, we take it one day at a time. We figure it out as we go. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So if and when you get married, because I'm pretty sure you will, uh, what's my role in the wedding? I mean, do I get to be the wedding singer? Because, you know, I got the pipes. Uh, no, no, you will not be singing anything. I know that at one point you said you wanted to go with me to taste cakes. Um, me, you, and David. I mean, what else? How else can we bond if we don't do stuff together, right? Like, how else can we be a, a, a team, a tandem if we don't do these things? Yeah, um, I'll let you know what he says. <laughs> Before I plan your role in a wedding, I'm missing a very substantial piece of, of jewelry on my hand. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That 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 has nothing to do with me. I mean, all the other stuff I'm cool with, but yeah. I, I like how you just insert yourself in things and, and generally nothing has anything to do with you, but you know, whatever. <laughs> true, true, true. So let's let's transition into like, you know, weddings and whatnot. How you this is kind of a bad transition, but I wanted to ask you this first, but I just, I went to the other things first. But uh, how are you doing with this pandemic 
and your health and your ability to do the things you were doing before? Oh gosh, it's, I'm not even gonna lie. It's been rough. Um, I'm generally an introvert because I've learned a lot about myself during this pandemic. I'm not gonna lie. I'm generally an introvert. Um, I don't like being the center of attention. I'm a wallflower. Um, but I've also learned that that's situational because when I'm around people that know me or that I'm comfortable with, I'm a completely different person. Now, I, I don't normally mind being by myself. However, I find that I was balanced by being at work and being around my friends. Like I have a couple good close friends at work and you know we goof off, we talk, we enjoy each other's company, we go home. And that, that balanced me being here by myself because David and I do not live together. He's here probably three days out of the week, four days out of the week. But all the other time, it's myself and Mila, my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so transitioning from seeing people and having face-to-face conversations to going into the next room, logging in, doing your work, maybe having a, we have Teams, the Microsoft Teams. So we have Teams meetings um, and then logging out and not being able to have that personal interaction with people has been difficult. It's, um, it's been hard on my mental health. And, you know, I, I take nothing away from people who wish that they could work from home every day. I'm thankful that I still have a job. I'm thankful that I'm able to work from home. Um, but I do miss that, that interaction with people. And I, I know some people have not been taking this pandemic as seriously as they should. I do. I have health problems. I've been sick. I get sick and I get really sick. So I am avoiding this at all costs. I don't really leave the house unless I absolutely have to, to get supplies, groceries, or to see the few people that I know are also quarantining. Like they don't really go out either. So like my family and David's grandmother, and that's about it. Um, it's been difficult. It, it's been really difficult, especially come like September, October, November-ish where the seasons were changing. And then I couldn't even be outside. It's been rough. It's been really rough. Yeah, I think the biggest adjustment that I had to make, just like everybody else had to make, was not being able to just be outside, like you said, as much as you want. Because everyone that I know, that I talk to, we enjoy our outdoor activities, you know. not Just simple stuff like telling your homie, like, y'all, I'm in your neighborhood, I'm about to come through. Like, now you got to be like, oh, I was by your house today. Oh, you know, I drove past where you live, you know. Little things like that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I miss being able to take my daughter to the park and things like that, you know. So, no, she's a whole experience that way. Right, right. <laughs> so, the pandemic has definitely slowed down some things and has also sped up people's ability to make money from home. And every business now can never tell someone, well, we can't, you can't work from home. Oh, uh, yes, we can. We just got to have a pandemic. So, And the funny thing is that was a big argument for my job in the beginning. Like there's just processes we can't do from home. Yeah, well, we're at home and we're fully functioning. We're making money and the overhead has gone down because you don't have all these people there now. So you can save that whole, there's no way to work from home deal. I, I, we're supposed to go, supposedly they've changed it twice now, supposed to go back the end of um, first quarter but I don't, I don't see that happening. It's just, it's hard to social distance when you have a cubicle, a lot of people cubicles. Like they've, I've gone in there to get certain things from my desk and there are signs and one person on the elevator, one person in the bathroom. There's a lot of people that work there. 
It's just, it's, it's too much. I think if we do come back, it's going to be staggered and it's going to be certain people on certain days and other people on other days, just to keep people away from each other. So I think whenever the, uh, the vaccine come out, there's a lot of places going to make people, they're going to require people to take them to come back in the office. You know, my theory is they're going to test it on kids saying all oh, kids have to take it to go to school. And I'm not with that nonsense. So healthcare workers, are the first ones getting it. Well, yeah, because off, 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 off rip, David's already knows. And he's like, not thrilled about it at all. They have no choice. Like you want to keep your job. You got to, so they, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're already testing it on some health workers. I know they've been offering it to some elderly people as uh to be test subject. Well, I don't want to say test subjects, but to come test it out with them for like $1,500. So they're offering them money to come test it out. So I don't know. I'm going to wait and see. I took my COVID test. I do not have it. Um, and I don't plan on taking a vaccine, but I am happy that there will be one out there just in case someone does have it and needs it. I I got tested. That was literally one of the worst experiences of my life. And I've had a C-section that sucked. I, that was the worst feeling ever. So Mm. I don't want to have to get tested again if I don't have to, but I also know that vaccines take years for a reason. They look for adverse effects and rushing a vaccine like this. You don't know long-term what this is doing to someone's body. I'm in no hurry to be a guinea pig for that. I'm just not, I will let it ride out maybe and see what happens but i'm i'm not i'm not I, i'm not for it right now i wish i still had that article because i don't remember where i read it but they said the side effects for it already is headache throw up nausea uh i think they said like diarrhea or something like that i'm like how do y'all what yo why well, i understand the rush for it but if y'all already got these side effects we need to take more time like i'm just not trying to but i guess some people no. need it I guess some people need it now, so we'll see what happens. But all right, so you say you say your health, you're trying to watch your health, and you're trying to stay inside and and keep yourself good. So how do how do what is your thought process when you do leave the house? Like, do you do you feel like you can go to places you need to go without any concern, or are you concerned when you're out? I'm always concerned, but I'm 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 a warrior by nature, anyways, and that's something that I've had to work on a lot. Um, but I, I've noticed as I've gotten older, I've turned into my parents <laughs> in the fact that my father would like to get up on the weekends and go out as early as possible and do all his shopping and come home. Mm. When I was younger, it was like, I didn't see the point of it. Now that I'm older, I get it. I just want to go out. I want to do what I have to do and come back. Like I went out this morning to Target and came back and I, I just, I have a plan like this, is what we're going to do. This is the list I have. Let's go and come back. And that works well for me. Um, prior to Thanksgiving, I was, I think I went to the grocery store like three or four times. The lines are long. People want to stand in the middle of the way or they have their kids running around. It's, I, it's just an annoyance to me. So, um, and in the morning, it's not really a lot of people. So I'm just going to go in and come out and be done. And I right. try to do that or do it on my lunch break because people also aren't shopping then either. They like to go, you know, after they get off work or the kids, sign off or get out, out, out of school so that makes sense I remember that too when I was growing up my mom would make us go early in the morning and we'd come back but I still think we stayed out all day because my mother loved to shop and just be in somebody's aisle or somebody's store but see and that was my mom my mom would leave we'd get up and she tells us to get dressed and we get out the house about 10 10 30 
and we'd be gone all day. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, that's exciting. However, like I said, I've turned into my father in that he would get up, go out and come back mm-hmm. and have the rest of the day just to do whatever else he needed to do. And that's that's literally what I've become. I, I find myself now being more and more like my dad. And I see it now because he's been gone for a little over two years. And I catch myself doing certain things. I'm like, wow, yeah, that's really, that's dad all mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you were very close to your father, you know, the way y'all talk to each other and being there for him. So that that makes sense, you know. You 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 know my theory, we turn into our parents as we get mm-hmm. older. Like it's it's unavoidable. So I'm definitely more of my father right now in my life, especially with my mannerisms and things like that. But I have moments where I think and say and do like my mother and I try to stop myself like, oh no, but it'd be too late. Yeah, I'm like that. I was more like my mom when I was in my 20s and my 30s as I've gotten older. Um, I appreciate things I didn't before. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I, when I was talking to my sister the other day, we were having this conversation and we just, we laugh at it now because when we were little, my father was the, uh, he was the head of the household in every sense of the word. Like he just, you know, he ruled and you followed the the rules and that was that like he did not play he was strict on us and as a kid you don't appreciate those things when you get older you're like okay yeah now I understand it a little more not that I necessarily agreed with my father's with everything he did but I get why he did it that makes sense because you know when you're kids you don't want to hear nothing you don't want to believe nothing you just only like what you like and want to do what you want to do you know sometimes mm-hmm. Sometimes I go, th- I go through that a lot with my eight-year-old nephew. He just thinks he knows everything and you can't tell him nothing. He likes to argue. And I'm like, listen, man, I'm going to argue with you. You're going to do it. But I understand. I understand completely. So let, let's, let me give you the million-dollar question of the day. We've known each other 10 years now. Do mm-hmm. you think I have been a difficult friend, like, on a on a mental level? Do you think, like, we've had some discrepancies in our friendship because of the way I think no no I don't I don't think here's the thing I I feel like and and I thought a lot about this I've had a lot of time to think a lot my friends are all different than I am all of them nobody I think maybe one or two people are, are quiet like I am but the majority of them are loud boisterous they're they they are okay with being the center of attention they have big personalities that's never been me but in the fact that they're different they also challenge me and they make me see things differently and I appreciate that because that gets me out of my box like you and Ed are two of my best friends in the world. You're both cancers you both get on my my nerves like like no other chill on the cancers Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I can't date a cancer, but I can be friends with a cancer. <laughs> What's David's sign? David is a, um, oh my gosh, I can't even think of it. The scales. What is that? A Libra? Uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm just going to say yes, because in my head, I'm kind of picturing that yeah, Libra blindfolded. Yeah, he's a Libra. Yeah, yeah um, okay. We get along fairly well. Sometimes we have our moments, but nobody's relationship is perfect. Um, but y'all cancers and Capricorns, Lord help me. Uh, you know, 
so that's the whole point of this. Like people always tell me I'm such a cancer and you know, I don't know what the hell that means. I just, when, wait, when, how are you going to say that and then name the F? What, what is the name of this series? Conversation the with a cancer, because I'm trying to learn through the women in my life what, what a cancer, their relationship has been with cancers. And I'm trying to see if that relates to me in any type of way. So I'm learning. This is how I'm learning. So as I'm learning these things, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to see if this is true. Because sometimes through conversation, I'm like, oh, maybe I am a cancer. You know, I don't really believe in the whole horoscope and the definition of how it defines a person. But some things can be true to those words. So yeah, uh, every cancer man I've ever known has, um, they have very strong ways of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And you like to debate them, but if, if you're set on something, you're set on it. It's, it, it's going to take a lot to, to get you to think differently. Facts. And, and Ed is like that too. Ed is very much like that. How is Ed doing? He's doing good. Get going crazy, being at home, being um, pseudo teacher, juggling life like the rest of us. Mm. I actually just texted him this morning. Apparently, um, University Heights, Cleveland Heights took away um, healthcare for the teachers. So they're getting ready to strike right in the middle of a pandemic. You can just take away health care and and just it in was the middle something on the ballot. I don't have all of the details. Oh, uh, okay. I'll look it but up once we're done today. I'll read about it. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty low. Right. So okay, so in your opinion, mm-hmm. more and more in depth, how would you describe a cancer male? You say, because I know I am very uh, what's the word I want to use? I am, like you said, once I have something figured out, that's what I'm stuck on. But I learned through the therapy that I go to that I have to start having gray areas. So I allow gray areas in my life now, but um, I could be very stubborn and hard headed and focused on what I perceive to be the truth when I'm explaining things. So in your, in your opinion, what, what would you describe a cancer male? I think you just hit it on the nail, stubborn, hard headed, uh, very subscribed to their ideals. Um, I've also learned that cancer men will, they're very, uh, how do I want to put this? They're giving, they're very giving of themselves to the people that they love the most. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And, and that, co- that shines through, especially, listen, moving day over here was a disaster. And, a half, and yet you were here. So I can never thank you enough for that because I was ready to scream. I mean, I had a, I had a, I had a broken shoulder. I had broke my, my go. I had a, a messed up clavicle. My tibia was all fractured. You know, it, it was, it was okay. You know, I did what I could do. I had one. And y'all are babies. the other one gets sick and it's the same thing it's the end of the world listen i told you about that surgery before you had it i told you what was going to happen wow oh wow wow wow. did i not when you told me you were having shoulder shoulder surgery what did i tell you i I don't remember your exact words so i cannot give you any credit at this moment i don't remember your exact words and I'm it's not going so nice to pretend like you didn't tell me something because you had shoulder surgery. So you did give me some advice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was rough. That was that was a rough. That was one of the roughest things I dealt with as a as a man. But yeah. so let me ask you another question about cancers. Are you saying cancers are hard to date or you just wouldn't date one? They're hard to date for me. 
Okay. I find it's it's better to be. I find it a lot easier to be friends with cancer males than dating them. Because that stubbornness, that's cool. Because we're friends. That's that's not thing that I have to deal with on a relationship level. On a relationship level, that's a whole problem. Because mm. I'm stubborn, and mm-hmm. I need somebody who's willing to compromise. Because that's something I'm learning, as you said in therapy. Therapy's been very beneficial. Um, but finding that middle ground with someone who's just as stubborn as you. That that's such a nightmare. Mm. So I found that because I was being so stubborn, it's because I didn't have gray areas. Like I thought what I was saying was the truth and mm-hmm. not giving people, allowing other people to tell what they perceive the truth. I thought it was either the truth or a lie. And so in gray areas, I have to be like, maybe my truth is not the truth. It's just my version of what I thought would happen. So I, I wouldn't say that that's a cancer thing, but I definitely would say that's something that uh, I hear a lot because when I used to read about horoscopes when I was in high school, I used to read things like we were writers and we were free thinkers and we're and we're and we're lovable people. But as I got older and not caring about that stuff anymore, you know, I, I find women tell me all the time when they ask me what's time, oh yeah, I, I knew you was a cancer. I'm like, what does that mean? So. You know, I just, I like to hear people's idea or what they think a cancer is and what does it mean. Um, but you never know. Maybe the reason why you're not married is because you didn't marry a cancer. But I'm not going to no, because not gonna that would that also be the reason that I would be divorced. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say the, the cancer men that I do know as well, they are, when they find something they're passionate about, it's, you know, pedal to the floor. That's what it is. That's what I'm, I'm going to dive headfirst into that. I'm right. going to research it. I'm going to learn about it. I'm going to teach myself about it. I'm going to do all of these things so that I can succeed at this. And I can say without a doubt, both the cancer men that I'm close to do that to Absolutely. a T. Absolutely. Yeah. I just had a conversation with my friend about writing screenplays and stuff like that. Cause he wants to get started in it. And I just started talking so fast. I'm like, yeah, this is all the information I know. And I started telling them. So yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, once I'm passionate about something, I know that's what I want to do. I do dive into it head first. So maybe that is a little cancerous, cancerous, cancerous. I've, al- <laughs> <laughs> I've also read that cancer men are emotional. I've, I've not found that to be true. I think that y'all are the type that'll be like, um, once you once you make me mad and I cut you off, I cut you off. That's it. We're not we're not revisiting anything. And I find that to be true. But in terms of emotional, like going through the other gambit of emotions, not so much. Yeah, I've definitely cut a lot of people out of my life just off the strength of like, this isn't fruitful. This isn't meaningful. We don't need to be doing whatever we were doing anymore. Let's just, you know, it's easy for me too, because I'm all about my peace and my happiness and good and positive vibes and no negativity and not dealing with anything I don't want to deal with. So if it, if it starts to protrude or invade that that dome that I have, yeah, I'm done with you. I'm not even going to let you penetrate that force field at all. Like, not at all. Not even a little bit. So you're right about that. Yeah, I think that that's something, especially as you get older, you appreciate more peace in your life. Um, at least I have. And I'm, I'm learning to foster that more because I, I tend to, like I said, I over worry or I want to take care of everybody and i I'm so willing to give myself to people and then I have nothing left for myself. And mm. that's something I've been working on as well. Um, and therapy has been a good thing. I'm not going to lie. I told somebody the other day they need therapy and I wasn't 
meaning it as an insult. I was meaning it as you have a lot to unpack and it may help you to talk to somebody who is unbiased in your life, mm-hmm. who doesn't have a dog in the fight. So mm-hmm. they can just be brutally honest with you and help you get through that. And they took that way the wrong way. So I, I don't think my um, my deliverance was good on that, but my intentions were good. Like mm-hmm. it would help. And I don't say that to be judgmental. I say it because I've been there and I've been in therapy and it's helped. Um, it's helped me grow. It's helped me deal with things from my past that I didn't even know I was carrying around. Right. I think <clears throat> from what I learned that people who do have trauma or do have something in their past that's so down deep that it's not that they don't want the help. I think they don't want to, they don't want nobody to know they need the help. And I think telling someone, well, maybe you should look into it. I think you have to wait till they bring it to you. Cause once they bring it to you, they're, they're opening to hear it because I've told many people who asked me about it and what they thought. And I told them and, you know, some people are happy to hear what I tell them. And some people, you know, they still a little reserved about how they feel. But nice. for the most part, I think everybody needs it. I think everybody should try mm-hmm. it. Um, I think my parents and parents of that generation definitely need it. Because I know they're harboring some trauma from either racism or the way they grew up or things they seen growing up. So I definitely think so. But I'm just a black man who loves chicken. So who listens to me? But I think that there's so many reasons why people don't want to even go there. Let's, you know, number one in in a minority community, um, you know, you don't, you keep your problems at home. You don't talk about them to other people. That's a stigma. Um, Or people think that it's a weakness that you need to talk to someone. But I had somebody, I had a therapist one time break it down to me and she said, you know, when you're not feeling good, you go to the doctor and you get medicine and you you feel better. You know, you go to feel better. Why is that any different when it comes to your, your, your mind? Why is it any different when it comes to your brain? And it was like, yes, you got a point. I mean, I I can't argue with that. And then the other thing is finding somebody that you're comfortable with just because someone's a therapist doesn't mean you're immediately be like, Oh yeah, I feel comfortable with this person. You know, you pick up on vibes, you pick up on things for people. Um, When I went to the first person I went to after I lost my son for counseling, I just didn't feel like we connected. I, I didn't feel like she understood where I was coming from. I, she didn't have kids. And to me, that was important to have a woman who had children to understand the loss that I was going through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's finding someone or going through people and that can be tough. That's exhausting too. If you don't want to have to go through the, the process of finding someone. So, but I think that people could use it. Everybody has something they're dealing with. Everybody, I don't think there's anybody that just is a hundred percent. I don't need anyone. I don't need to talk to people. Um, it can't help. It can't hurt rather. Right. It can't. So in my family, and this is how I feel. I believe that we, my family was of the mindset because we were so religious in my family, that you just pray about it and God to take care of it. Mm-hmm. And we can discuss it or we'll sweep it under the rug for now. You know, I don't, there was never a, let's go talk to somebody about it. Like, it's like you said, it's our business. No one needs to be in our business. We'll pray about it and talk about it in a church setting or open forum setting in a church, you know, to the point to where I think even at my younger age, if I knew I could have just went and talked to a guidance counselor about how I felt just to get it off my chest, that would have been different for me growing up. Because I was a very angry kid and a 
looking for attention, kids. So I'm not saying like my life would have been different. Who am I to say that? But I can say knowing that these outlets were here could have been impactful for me per se, because I don't know. I think like the stuff I can't remember about being a child and the bad things that I did, it was always just fear of my mother. You know, it wasn't like, well, if I don't like what's going on, I can go talk to somebody else and they'll help me understand it. It was always, well, I don't want to say this to my mother, you know, she'll go off on me or she'll yell at me. So, but I don't have any uh, ill will towards the way I grew up. I just wish like, I've told you this before in my family, we would have been taught more about, you know, those health benefits or had the sex talk or financial literacy, things like that. And I don't remember any of that growing up. So as you get older and you start learning things on your own and you start going to therapy, you'd be like, ah, oh, man, like I did miss on some, what I think are key, key things and components to growing up in life. But I don't have no ill will choice. It's just things that you realize and recognize once you're an adult and can rationalize things for yourself. Yeah. And I think that um, I'm, I'm right on board with you on that in terms of, you know, whatever happened at home, stayed at home. You don't tell anybody your business. You don't tell, talk about what's going on in the house. And th- growing up like that, it makes it hard to learn to reach out when you need help. And, and I learned that about myself early on. Um, and on top of that, you know, you don't know what you don't know. In terms of being a parent, you do the best that you can at the time. And you you do the best that you can. Like, And I was talking to Marja about this the other day. I said, I can't believe, I think it was Marja, maybe. I can't believe <laughs> that when I was a kid, I thought that someone my age had it all figured out. Not realizing that they were probably just winging it too. Adults being 39 and I'm being a kid looking up at this adult, like, oh yeah, they got life figured out. Yeah, no, probably not. I can guarantee they didn't. They just went on day to day like we do now. Um, but I remember hearing about counseling in school and I thought about it because I just, I felt overwhelmed by a lot of the, the emotions that I was carrying around. And it immediately went back to, I know what this is going to turn into if my parents find out in terms of what do we tell you, you know, you keep your problems at home, you don't share things with people. And, and I just decided, never mind. Yeah, I, I, um, I just know that growing up in the 90s, you know, I'm born 84, but growing up in the 90s, things were so taboo. And like you said, didn't talk about, I think, I, I, you know, I never really asked my mother how she was raised. You know, I just always heard things growing up. So maybe that would have gave me some insight to why we never did other things. But my mom was great with keeping us happy and making sure we're enjoying life as a child and going places and traveling and always being fed and always having clothes on our back. And, you know, my father also made sure that we had clothes on our back. So I think you know, families grew up with, you got this, you got that, be happy, you know what I'm saying? But now that you're older, you'd be like, yeah, I still would have been happy, but other outlets would have been good for us also. And I just think just me with my two my two daughters, that's something I would like to provide for them, like having those conversations, explaining to them what I know about money, how to save money, how to spend what you, 
what she should do mm-hmm. with it. So, you know, my five-year-old, I can, I have plenty of time to tell her stuff like that. Like sometimes I want to give her some of the game early, but she's still too young. But my oldest, I would love to give her everything she wants to know at her age of 16. I would love to tell her everything our heart desires, but you know, that comes with time. So, yeah. Um, but I do agree though, that we, as much stuff we did do, stuff was always kept in house. And that was something I just, I don't know, I talked to my sisters about it, like stuff like that. Like the way we grew up in the nineties, was like church, you know, God, church, family, and if we're friends, you know, some of those friends you don't even know to this day, but family and church is always there. And I've moved away from the church. I have no desire for church, but my relationship with God is good. And my family's great. Like I can, anybody in my family I want to call and talk to or visit and see, I can't. And so that's something that we grew up learning. That's something that I've kept and I enjoy. But I don't know. I just, therapy is so good. Um, but I'm at the point now where I don't talk to my therapist as often. I used to see my therapist uh, once a week, you know, but now I don't even see him that much because we're two years in. So now I talk to him once a mm-hmm. month because now we, he doesn't, I told him the last time we talked, like, it's not that I don't need you. It's just, I'm really learning the things that we learned to that you have shown me together. So I don't need to talk to you as often. And then sometimes I'll be, I'll be wanting to call him, but then I just figure it out. I just remember the things that I learned and I just figure it out. So that's a beautiful thing for me. But I remember when you told me you were going to go back to therapy and I started smiling in my heart. So (laughs) it just, it was, it was a lot going on and I knew I, I wasn't handling it the best way that I could. And I'm, I'm not ashamed of that. And it, the funny thing is I, I have a very candid con- uh, relationship with my niece. She's 16. And we've had these conversations about, you know, being able to ask for help, reach out for help if you need it, whether it be through, you know, letting your mom know you want to see somebody or if you want to talk to me about things. We have candid conversations about money, about life, about school, about everything. And I forged that relationship with her because I remember being a kid thinking, I've got these aunts and I don't feel close enough to any of them to call them about anything. And with my niece, I want her to always know that I'm here for, you know, when she needs me and to get her the help if she needs it. Now, my nephew is a whole nother story because he is 14. And if it's not Fortnite related, he don't want nothing to do with it. Like he comes over to see me and brings the entire desktop. That's so funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's annoying because he sets it up at the dining room table and I have to be like, okay, you need to get off because he's there. He's talking. Listen, I've never heard this kid talk so much crap in my life. He's talking smack to everybody online. Um, he, That's his own world, which is fine, but there's reality. Like he don't want to watch movies with us. He don't want to go to the store with us. If it's not something about buying some piece of equipment for his gaming. He don't want nothing to do with it. I'm lucky if I get him to disconnect from that to come down for a piece of birthday cake or he came over here last weekend for my birthday and I was shocked. I wasn't expecting to see him. And I think that's his escape from the world because he's so bored because he stays in the house most of the time. But, and I try to talk to him and we have conversations. He's not interested in anything I got to say to him. I t- me and my friends talk about this all the time. The way gaming is now, the way you can make money from it, it just 
always be online. If that was like when I was in the 90s, when I was heavy on video games, or even the early 2000s, man. So I don't fault this generation for wanting to be on the game so heavy, but I do think parents need to make these kids go outside or do something that interacts with people on a daily basis. But who knows? Who am I to who am I to tell somebody that? But listen, I tell them all the time, y'all like you got Wi-Fi and all this other stuff. Dial up for us was a disaster. I remember my dad picking up the phone and hearing, you know, that noise to let you know that you're online and he'd be screaming to get off the line and I gotta use the phone and it just it was a whole different time. Right, right. Yeah, I mean. I don't miss those AOL startups. I do miss them AOL chat rooms. Yeah. I have to get it in. in them AOL yes. Yes. I have to get talk reckless, but those were the, <laughs> the the early days and stuff like that. But so what I've been doing to help uh, with my therapy when I'm not in therapy, I've been reading books. You know, I'm on my fourth book this year. I told my sister the today, I'm like, I'm not reading more books. Four books is enough for me for a year. Uh, I'll start somewhere. Right. So I read a lot of, I'm going to butcher her last name, Rupee Car books. Um, I told you about her. So actually I have them next to my desk. So this is her, one of her books. Oh, um, yes, you did tell me about her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Her third book just came out and I let somebody borrow it. They haven't given it back, but I read that one. And then I read, so there's a story about this author. She's she stole her writing not the words but the way to style and the way she writes her poems in her book I don't know if you see it, but uh, mm-hmm. she stole it from a black woman and so I didn't believe it at first because I never read the black woman's book so this year I'm like you know what I'm going to read her books so I started reading her book and within 10 pages I'm like man she stole everything like the difference in my opinion the difference in my opinion is she stole she stole how she writes the style and the and the structure and then she just draw under hers that's the only thing that separates the two but what i'm saying is like i like these type of poetic books where they talk about poems in their life and things they go through because some of the stuff resonates with me and also i just i'm starting to get to the point in my life where i'm i'm starting to get interested in other people's lives through books like i've never been like that before so the current book I'm reading is the book about Bobby Womack. You know, the singer Bobby Womack, he's on Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the point where Sam Cooke died in the book. And he's talking about how he ended up with Sam Cooke's wife. And before all the stories I heard made me prejudge him. And I'm reading the book, I'm like, nah, this, I'm actually like, don't dislike him anymore because I'm reading a book, you know. And that's something that I thought about in therapy. Like, you prejudge people. And then you get to know me like, oh, you, you're not what I thought. So that's what I've been doing to keep my mind very therapeutic is about reading these books and discovering people's lives, how they grow up. I, you know, I just watched this dumb movie on Netflix, Hillbilly uh, uh, LG. You heard about that, about that white guy from Ohio? I see. I was flipping through Netflix the other <laughs> day and I, I, you know, they they do the the trailers or whatever. I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if I wanted to watch it or not. Is it worth watching? I actually thought the movie was good. One, Glenn Close, Glenn Close put on the acting clinic. Amy Adams did good. And I didn't know anything about this guy, you know. Uh, you know, white people's stories get more benefit of the doubt than ours. But it actually was a, uh, how do they say, a good heart, heartwarming felt story of 
low raising to high upcomings in life. So it was cool. I recommend it to people. It was a good watch, but it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it was it's it's a watchable movie. Like I think you would like it because of the acting and the storyline makes sense. It's not like no, oh, he was so poor and then one day he got rich. No, he still struggled in his life as he got older. So and he wrote a book about it. That's I mean, that's not the American dream to write a book about your life and people want it and then it turns into a movie like I don't know. I don't know if anybody want to read a book about my life. I think my nope. life is pretty mundane. You you a liar. You keep saying that on here like you don't have a big personality, you want to be a wallflower. C- cut it out. You I don't, but like I said, it's it's situational. Right. It's one right. thing when I'm with people that I know and that I love. But in a room full of people, I don't like to be the center of attention. I just don't. Like the fact that I'm doing this interview is only because you asked me to. Right. Because it's you and I talking. But if right. you had me sitting in front of a room of people to interview me, I'd be like, no, and that, and that's exactly why I didn't do it in person. One, I got to buy more software, but also sometimes people like it easy when they're at their they're comfortable in their own setting and stuff like that. So that's why I didn't do it in person. But I'm gonna have some more in person interviews though. But we had talked about doing it in person right. before pandemic hit, right. and then right. you know everything went left. Um, Goddamn pandemic! But you know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not. If you have a library card, Cuyahoga, Public, uh, Cuyahoga County Public Library, you can borrow books online, like digital books and read them. And I have to turn them back in. Like Wait, it'll, not? it'll expire. You're, so you borrow a digital book for, I think it's 21 days, maybe you can read it. And then when it expires, it just takes it off. It downloads it either PDF or um, I do mine through Kindle. It'll download it to my Kindle app word so all this piracy i'm doing out here with these books i could just be getting them for the free 99 yes <laughs> we'll talk on, offline more about that later because <laughs> i can't okay that's cool that's cool that's do you cool. have a valid library card i have two of them on my keychain so i don't know how valid they okay. are that, that's that's a start right a start. right yeah so yeah i got the bobby womack on the pdf on my phone so I can read a book in 72, 72 hours if I'm sitting still. Like, You're reading it on your phone? Well, yeah, because oh, I was going to buy it, but you know, I'm on this thing called Scribe. You ever heard of Scribe? Mm-hmm. Where you can go in there and get any book you want, and you know, you can either pay the fee for $4.99 a month or for 30 days, you get the free. You can read any books you want. So, you know, I'm on the 30-day plan. So, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't you do that on your tablet? And I don't care. I have I have my daughter's tablet, but I don't ever carry it with me. And I never thought about that until you just said something. So I'm going to download it on that. Matter of fact, I'm going to charge it today because I do be on that little. <sighs> but I'm actually going to buy his book when I finish reading. I'm going to buy it because I like I'm starting. I'm not becoming a book collector. But if I read the book and I like it, I think I should buy it. I, I agree with that. I have a lot of books and I have to start getting rid of some of them. Um you know, things that I've read. I'm like, eh, I get into to ebbs and flows. When I was a kid, I was into books a lot. I was always the one sitting there with a book in my hand. Um, and then I got away from that college and stuff. And then I got back to back into it again. And I've got books sitting around everywhere. I've got three sitting next to me at my night table. I've got a whole bookshelf in the other room. And some of them I read and I want to keep. A lot of them is just like, okay, there's a good story next. Yeah. But I, you know what I do get into now? Documentaries. Yes, I yes, like we talked about that. we talked about that. Before we get to mm-hmm. documentaries, when I was little, I read a lot of Goosebumps books. 
and I really appreciated that <laughs> uh-huh. TV show when it come out. I was like, oh, this is not like the book, you know. But yes, I, I love documentaries, especially real, true documentaries like 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 the Whitey Bulger one. I had no idea who he was. Like mm-hmm. that was an amazing story to me. I'm like, this white man out here killing folks, and the people you kill with out here snitching on you in a documentary. Like that was so crazy to me but uh the one of who killed malcolm x that was really good i like, didn't see that one you didn't watch that Mm-mm. what is that on what platform it's on netflix, it's on netflix. is it okay yeah listen i already had my dislike for farrakhan because he killed malcolm x and then when i watched the documentary they never mentioned him but based on the documentary and the readings that i've read he's part of the he's I can't say he's the main guy, but he's admitted to himself. He wish he wouldn't have said the things that he said that got Malcolm X killed. But knowing that they found a guy who shot Malcolm X and that he died before they could interview him like a week, like two or three days before, or like the day before I came over now, I was like, man, this was, this was everything to me. Like, check that out. Yeah, that was really good. I saw, um, you know, what one was good. And I don't know. I can't remember the name of it. It was on Netflix about, um, the pizza delivery guy in Erie. Yeah, yeah the PA with, was... the, with the chick. Oh, man. That was wild. Okay, so we were talking about Evil Geniuses and how that's such a great documentary. Because um, the one, the main woman is still alive, right? It was just the guys who died. She's, yeah. in, she's in prison, right? She's in jail. But the way that this whole, like, it, this, there were so many different pieces to this. Like, I was sitting like, this is crazy. And I remember this happening because I was at Akron. And I remember it because the guy, the the collar blew up. But I never knew the backstory behind it. And I didn't know that they suspected him of being involved. Because mm. the collar wasn't supposed to blow up. But she was just such an evil person. That was all part of her plan. Right. So uh, that was a great, what's another good one? I've seen so many documentaries. Hold on. Let me go to my list of things I've seen this year. Let me see if I can find a documentary in there. <laughs> you know, I like to keep track. To me, Blackfish was really good. Blackfish, that Blackfish. Was, what was that about? About um, about the killer whales at SeaWorld. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah, because we talked that. Listen, you know, I'm not a sensitive person. I was breaking my heart watching that. And them whales was killing them people to let them know, like, let us be free. Leave us alone. The craziest thing was when we were in the middle of this pandemic, after it first started and everybody was still on quarantine, like that first 30, 30 days or so, April to uh, March to April, I seen a meme that said, you think you're going crazy. Imagine swimming in circles for 30 years. And they put a picture of him, uh, what was his name, Tilikum or something like that, in his pen. That was really sad. And what's, what's even worse about that is that they can see it so much more out there that they cannot get to, like, oh, that just hurts my soul when I saw it. I was like, this ain't right. Like, yeah, I would never support any more SeaWorld or anything type like that again. Like, I won't. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. I don't even want to buy goldfish at a carnival. Like, no, I just go to a, a pet store or something like this. We got to stop that. That's that's so inhumane. We got to stop that. That's that's crazy. And so many. Oh man, that just really just put me in a bad place for a second. Like that really I'm broke sorry. my heart. <laughs> See, I, and that's the stuff that I watched. Like there was one about um, 
the elephant that went on a rampage called Tiny and they ended up killing him. And they talked about, you know, how these circuses get these animals and how they train them and abuse them. Like, that's the stuff that I'm interested in knowing about or like crime, crime TV or crime um, documentaries. Like, what was the one called? I think it was called like Dear Zachary about this guy who had a baby with this woman and the craziness that he went through dealing with her and trying to see his kid. And it was really sad. Mm, I believe that. Um, I think the best documentary is one based on true events. And also the backstories is like you said, stories that we didn't know how it really happened. So mm -hmm. there was another one like Evil Genius on Netflix, but I cannot remember it. But um, man, I wish I knew we was going to talk about documentaries. I'd have came heavy with some, but I've seen a lot of great documentaries. And I, um, the one about, uh, what's the civil rights black, black woman? Oh, I forget her name. Uh, and they always thought she was crazy, but, uh, the one Spanish chick played her and she made her look even worse when she put on the fake nose, the chick that played yeah. her. Are we back on? What's going on? So now it says Zoom created a, a quit unexpectedly so we're gonna have to wrap this up because zoom is being silly now you talking about zoe saldana playing nina simone yes yes i haven't seen that one and the crazy thing is they interviewed her about that and she she wishes she never would have done it right yeah now she because of the backsplash that uh not the backsplash excuse me wow the backlash she backlash got yeah mm -hmm. um but so uh before we go, have you watched how many movies have you seen this year? You think? I, I, I a lot. David is a movie buff, and we watch movies on a regular. Um, what do we just watch Thanksgiving? Let him go. I want to watch that, but I was scared I was going to be bored. That's about the son getting kidnapped, the grandson. Yes. So it took a minute to pick up. Um, it it was it was good. It was it was it was all right. Let me put it that way. I. It just, it was slow. It was slow to pick up. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm an impatient person sometimes. I'm working on it, but. I'm very impatient. I'm a, I think I'm going to watch that. Um, I think I've seen, uh, I'm not going to count while I'm online, but guesstimate. I think I've seen somewhere between 48 and 50 movies this year. Not um, shocked. <laughs> uh, I watched the BC Boys story. That was like a documentary. That's pretty good. So the best the best movie I saw so far this year based on my ratings was a movie called Console Wars. And it was all about Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, Sega CD, and then Play, PlayStation coming out. And that was just about the battle and how they was making stuff and who was the first one to come out with 64-bit graphics and things like that. Oh, it was so amazing. On Netflix? Uh, no, it wasn't on there. I just happened to just see it online and I watched it. Because they had something like that on Netflix, but it was... It gave the evolution of things, but I don't think it went as in-depth as what you're saying. Mm. There was something on there. Extraction was a good movie, too. That was a Netflix movie. Just had a stupid ending. That was what uh, <laughs> Thor. That was what Chris Hemsworth. I don't know if I've seen that. I, we watch all kinds of stuff, and then I watch unapologetically trash stuff on TV just because. Mm -hmm. just so... The movie that I was the most disappointed by that I really wanted to see was Tenet. Because it really just didn't, 
I don't know. It didn't give me what I want, what I need. You know, it's a good movie that's on on uh, Prime. You should watch Arkansas. What? That movie was so Arkansas? funny. That movie was so funny. What? Uh, oh, what's that white man's name? Oh. Can you be more specific? He plays in all those comedies that he stars in. Tall dude, curly hair. He had the movie with Jennifer Aniston about the breakup. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yes. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he plays this this guy in there that's a drug dealer it's it's a really good movie it's based on a true story but it's so funny like um i have to check it out you said it's on prime yeah it's called arkansas i enjoyed it it was a good movie but now who was intended because i'm trying to uh denzel washington's son john david washington and uh robert robert yeah yeah yeah. okay i'm gonna have to check that out yeah when you watch it let's let's talk about it when you watch it let's talk about that Okay. Yeah, that's something I want to hear what your perspective is. Because me and my homies, we went in out of movie theater and went and watched it, and we was all like, eh. Oh, wow. So you went in out of movie theater and didn't even say nothing to me, huh? Well, they, okay. You would be invited to the next one. You were, and David are invited to the next one because, you know, we don't want to sit next to nobody who got the got the virus. So what is it, like $50 to run out for 10 so people or something? It's $100, and you're going to buy however many seats there is. So I think we had... I think it was like 30 seats. It was one of their smaller ones, but it was only like 14 of us. So we could have definitely invited more people. Um, I just forgot. I love how you think about me for these things after the fact. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said the next one. I got you. We all And then pay. you want to be involved in somebody's wedding. Okay. We all have slip-ups and mishaps. <laughs> and that, no, and to further add to that, every time that you go to these little pastry and bakeries you never are like hey i'm going such and such place are you busy you want to come with me never do i get invited you just go and then i see your post on instagram where you send me a picture i'm like oh that looks nice it's random it's random there are places that i do want to go so i know where they at but i when i do plan them i never go but when i'm free one day i'm like i'm about to go right now so I know I can't just call you at a Saturday at one o'clock out the blue at twelve fifty-five. Like, hey, I'm about to go right now, and it's all the way in Valley View. You gonna be like, uh, excuse me, sir, I'm not ready to go. My hair looks a mess. You know how you be. You uh, don't roll your eyes. Don't roll. No, your because eyes. I go out of house looking a mess most of the time since everybody's covered up anyways, and it's cold. So wrong, wrong. You just getting the good put together version because this is getting recorded <laughs> and uploaded. So before we oh, go. By the way, Huh? Before we go, I just want to yes. tell you how I am attracted to women with masks on. <laughs> like, I don't know something about like seeing somebody from here up and here down. I'll be like, Ooh. is it the mystery? Is it? The- it is because look, you know, some women do they listen. have teeth? Do they not have teeth? Do they have full lips? Do they have a mustache? I mean, you just never know. Hey, they don't got to take the mask off. All I care, I just like what I see. You keep it like that. You can say you a ninja. Whatever you want to do with your life. <laughs> and yet I, I would I I would be surprised that anybody else said that, but coming from you, I'm really not. I'm just saying, like I talked to a couple of my homies about it, like, hey man, do y'all be noticing what I'll be noticing? But hey, that's just you know, I'm a pervert. But anyway. They did a skit about that on SNL. Um when Megan the Stallion was on there, they 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 did a skit. Mm-hmm. That shit was that was funny. It was cute. I'm not gonna lie, but you are a weirdo. Well, I gotta be all that. I'm just, I'm just. Because that's can- how God made you. I don't know. I'm just discovering my cancer, cancerous ways. I'm, ca- I'm can't take. Oh. I'm cantankerous. I'm cantankerous. I don't know if you can put those two words together, but I did. 
No. Oh, that's so funny. But no, I bet you think it is. <laughs> oh, snaps. You probably would... do think things are funny. Like the meme I sent you the other day. Which one was that? The one about um screenshots. Listen, I was weak. <laughs> that heavy weak. That's great. Listen. I love pointless joke. That's a pointless joke that somebody was bored and was like, boom. Just like me, you like Ace Vane's uh, re- when he records over his uh, his favorite cartoons and stuff like that. His stuff be oh, funny. His stuff be funny. No, I ran across that meme. You were the only, you were the first and only person I said to him like this, this one's going to think this is hilarious. This fool's going to text me back cracking up. People send me stuff like that all the time. Like, I know you would think this funny. And then sometimes it don't be funny, but for the most part, Man, I really be like, but that one, I was at work too and I was tickled. Like this one old lady came out and she was like, oh, can you take my stuff? If I wasn't laughing so loud, she would have known I was on the floor. So that was so funny. That's what you get. Oh man. But I would just like to thank you for coming and doing this with me. Um, My pleasure. I'm pretty sure that we'll do more things like this. Um, I, uh, I was getting ready to ask you a question, but oh, do you want to plug your Instagram or tell anybody about how you're such a great baker and you don't want to bake for me anymore? I mean, not me, but I mean, like in general. I mean, I don't know if you want to do it. First of all, let's not act like I haven't baked for you. That's true. That's true. That's true. Didn't I just make guys cupcakes? That was made. Okay. We, we in COVID November. We in November. Yes, and that COVID has slowed me down from baking a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, so my Instagram is Coley's Cupcakes. C O L I E S C U P C A K C A K E S. Good Lord. Um, like I said, I've slowed down a lot because of COVID. But um, the stuff that I was doing is on there. I haven't put anything recent because I've mostly been just personally baking like my birthday cake, my niece's birthday, but I think I'm going to start back up coming the new year. Um, And I'm probably running actually some holiday specials for the Christmas season. So starting in December, so keep an eye out for those. All right. And furthermore, Uh there's a vegan bakery that I would like to try um, by the Walmart and what's that Cleveland Heights. You know what I'm talking about? There's a vegan bakery over there? Yes, no, I didn't know. It's called Vegan Bakery. Huh. I'm, I'm pretty okay. sure there's a name in front of it that I forgot, but I think we should try that at some point. So we'll get together for that. Um, I will post your the link to your IG when I post the video. And I just want to tell you that I love you and I'm glad we were able to do this. And I can't wait to cut a rug at your wedding because... These boots are made for dancing, and that's what they're gonna do. Oh, goodness. And if you want me to sing at your wedding, you don't have to pretend like you don't want to hear me just ooh. I gave enough. That's enough for the people, you know. Um, but. we'll put a pin in that. I'll let you know. I love <laughs> oh. you as well. Thank you for inviting me, making my life look way more exciting than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, everyone, I will have this up probably on Friday. This will probably be up on Friday. Um, Because I'm going to have to do some chopped and screwed with it. But like I said, I love you. I appreciate it. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We will talk soon. And to everyone who watches, thank you. You know what I always like to say? Eat more chicken. Oh, good Lord.
<laughs> 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 <laughs>